Here come the blue shirts. If you weren't awake to play in that kind of game, then you weren't made to play hockey in Madison Square Garden. He's got experience in the streets and in the alleys. <laughs> and in the is. alleys. He will whoop your ass. <laughs> I'm looking better now than I did before. Ron, it's all names. your fault. It's over for all of you. Once I'm on the team. Well, you're going to have to let me dress you, though. <laughs> oh, 100%. You cannot, that, that's going to be Ron Duguay's third act. Molly off the air. Wow. <laughs> Molly off the air. It's a different person. Yeah. Up in the He'll blue be court seat. side and I'll be <laughs> up in the blue seat. <laughs> Welcome to a Christmas week edition. Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. I'm up in the blue seats. Our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. We're excited later in the show to chat with another queen of ESPN. She is a Rangers fan, a diehard Rangers fan, and the host of the In the Crease podcast on ESPN+. Plus. Friend of the program, Linda Cohn, is going to drop by. But first, let's welcome in our host of Up in the Blue Seats. That would be the queen of our publication, the New York Post, Molly Walker, and her co-host, Rangers Great, number 10, Ron Duguay. Well, thank you, Jake, and a ho 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 to you. I'm glad that you're. I'm glad you're wearing your red. You're looking wonderful as always. So the NHL's on a break, but we are not. Still, lots to talk about. It seems like things are a little bit of a hot mess. That's one way of seeing or looking at it. But I kind of look at it. Hey, listen, you just got to work through it. It's like when you watch football, having to play football in snow times or golf. With bad conditions, you just have to figure it out. So much to talk about, especially coming up the Olympics. Many of us are disappointed. It's not going to happen. But I think they're still going to send teams representing Canada, U.S. And that being said, we've seen this before, where the Russians will have an advantage. But the Canadians and the Americans are going to compete hard. So all this we're going to talk about. And, of course, Linda Cohen, one of our favorites. And I know she's one of the favorites for Molly Walker, Molly, hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you, Ron? Well, I, I'm doing, I'm happy. I, I just got back. I just got home. I've been on the road for a week. I went up to Canada, family and friends, and got to feel what it's like to live in Canada. Very cold. And, and just talking to folks in Canada about uh, various things. And then I made my way down south, went to Scottsdale, Arizona, and then California, saw my kids home now and ready to go to talk whatever we need to talk about today. Wow, you're like me. You're traveling all over the place. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. And, you know, in the past, I haven't done a lot of traveling because of uh, all the shutdowns. But now this week, I, I got to do that. And uh, and now you have a skating holiday party, you said, tonight? I do. Today, Thursday, every year. It's kind of a traditional thing where I rent the ice and uh, split the ice up in two. We have some nice Christmas music. I have those who don't play hockey uh, will skate. And the rest of us with my boys, we go and play a little bit of hockey and then back home and we have a little cocoa. Cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> a little what? <laughs> First of all, Jake comes on the show and he had a bit of an Irish accent during that intro. Did anybody else catch that? And now Ron I, is saying cocoa. Cocoa. <laughs> Cheerio. What's, what's cocoa. going on this morning? Guys? <laughs> we're being, we're being all, we're all cheerful as we should be. I mean, we don't want to be old down in the dumps because of the NA. 
NHL. Yeah, we're gonna just we're yeah we're gonna just figure it out. But for Molly, you'd been a little bit tired with all your travels, so this is a little bit of a break for you. Yes, that it is. Uh, The NHL had a little bit of an earlier holiday recess than planned. They sent out uh, a memo that said they were going to cancel the final. I think there was five games on Thursday that were scheduled. The Rangers had the had a game against the Canadians on Wednesday, but that was even postponed earlier because the NHL stopped all cross-border travel. And it's just, it's a little eerily familiar to the 2019-20 shutdown. A lot of deja vu, the players uh, were telling us the other day, and and I don't blame them. It's uh, it's a little tough to to you know, go through this all again. And especially because they, everyone kind of felt like the restrictions were behind us, all the COVID protocols and such, you know, were left with last season. And and now it's all just coming up again and, and making things. I mean, I'll tell you the beginning of the season, nobody was wearing masks except for the media. We were the only ones that were required to do it. And then the last couple of days at the Rangers facility, everybody's wearing a mask coach is walking in with a mask before you know he speaks players were walking in with a mask so they really have up all the uh guidelines and and protocols and such like that and uh it's the rangers now have this break they will come back on the 26th for practice uh the nhl has told all the teams that they're not allowed to enter uh the building until after 2 p.m local time so the rangers are tentatively scheduled to have a 4 p.m practice on sunday Monday and nobody is going to be allowed in the building unless you test negative. So we were talking to the players about how they have to be careful this holiday season, can't really be doing all the big holiday parties. The NHL specifically encouraged against it, said that you shouldn't be seeing other households and stuff like that. But it's just a shame. You know, you, you really thought that this was all behind them. And now it's 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 coming up again. So it's it's been a, a tough couple of days for them. But hopefully by the time the holidays are over, everybody, there won't be that big of a surge in, in positive cases and the season will be able to resume as scheduled. So uh, in talking to the players, is there a level of frustration because of they felt like with uh, having gotten the shot, vaccines that they would feel protected and if something was to happen it would be mild so do you know of players who have gotten it and have gotten really sick or what generally speaking what are their feelings overall on being tested and having to go through the program yeah i think that they just know that this is the way of life now and that they're not really an exception that this is kind of just the world that we live in now for everybody. For the players that have tested positive, I know that Ryan Strom was in COVID protocol. Philip Heedle was in protocol. Nemeth is in protocol right now. And McKegg was in protocol for a bit. Uh, I know Strom had symptoms. Strom was sick. Uh, When he spoke to us the first time afterward, he, you know, pointed to his, you know, he was he had a scratchy throat and was coughing a little bit, but mild symptoms. And and same with Filipino. I think he he noted that uh, the last time he had it, he had mild symptoms as well, which is a good thing uh, hearing that it's not as severe as some cases are. But as far as the testing is, and stuff, it's just kind of the the way that it is. And I think one of the sentences that everybody's been saying is it is what it is. And, you know, there really is nothing that they can do about it. Just kind of have to roll with the motions. And the Rangers in particular are pretty lucky compared to some of the other teams in the league. They haven't had as many, not nearly as many players as some, as some of the other teams have. I know the Senators had 
over 10 players at one point. The Islanders had a bare bone team at one point as well. And and that's something that was it was pretty frustrating to watch unfold just as someone covering the league. There was no uniformity from the league at all. And I think that's something that everybody noticed. It was a bit all over the place there no one really knew what the threshold was. You had the Islanders who had to play two, three, four games with nobody on the ice, apparently, basically. It was an AHL-level team. And then a couple weeks later, the Avalanche is starting to have the same issue, and we're hearing that the league is giving them the option of whether or not they want to play. If I'm Lou Lamorello, I'm calling the league, and I'm like, why weren't we given the same option? You know, what what was the difference there? What why was there no consistency? They, the league should have had a threshold, a certain amount of positive tests, a certain amount of this and that. And it just seemed like it was all over the place. And, and the Islanders in particular, I know this is a Rangers podcast and nobody wants to hear about this, but the Islanders probably lost out on a playoff spot because of everything that happened. So if I'm an Islander fan, I'm furious about it, although I'm sure the, our listeners are, are pretty thrilled about that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, to change gears a little bit, what's in the news right now is the NHL not going to China and competing with the NHLers. And uh, so what a lot of discussion on whether boycott, not send any players because of situations, the political atmosphere in China. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that we should put the politics aside let the players compete, whether it's, uh, you know, for Canadians, Americans. Uh, we know that the Russians are going to sell all their KHL players. But uh, do you think that we should still put a team together, even if it doesn't may not look fair, to still go over there and compete representing Canada and all the countries? Boycott or no boycott? I mean, you're talking to one of the biggest Olympic fans, I think, to ever walk this earth. So I am always going to be a proponent of of sending of sending players to the Olympics. I think that it's the greatest international stage that there is. It's I enjoy watching every event, not even just hockey. Summer, winter, doesn't matter. I'll, I'll sit and I'll watch it all. Um, and I think it's such a amazing opportunity. And you listen to the way that the players speak about it too. It's it's an honor of a lifetime to them. That's how they view it. And it is with the NHL pulling out of the Olympics, it was for all the right reasons. And they really didn't have much of a choice, honestly, if they wanted to complete this 82 game season in a timely fashion, they needed that Olympic break that they set aside to reschedule games. So I think that it's a real bummer for some players that are in that age range that they can't afford to wait until 2026. But at the same time, I definitely think all the countries should be sending players. It's it, it maybe like how they did it with Tokyo. They should postpone it a year or so be, to let cases die down and to let just the whole COVID situation in the world settle down a bit. Um, I don't think that would be a bad course of action. But I think it's probably a little bit more complicated with than that, especially with all the preparation that goes into putting on those games. So I, I do I feel for guys like Chris Kreider, for you know Jacob Truba, Mika Zibanejad, those guys that were just really excited to go, and now that they won't they won't be able to have the opportunity, and they might have to wait a little bit. But Ron, I'm curious, you know, you you've never played in the Olympics, but you played World Juniors and just wore the Canadian jersey. What 
did it mean to you? And and what do you think is going through the players' heads right now? Well, I, I've done it twice. Once, the World Junior Championship, I played the first one, 1976, uh, representing Canada and, and did it in Czechoslovakia. So the whole experience of uh, coming together with other players that you don't know in a, in a short window of time where you come together and you just compete and you play hard. But more than anything else, it's the jersey. It's the mm-hmm. logo. It's, yep. it's your country. Like I have those, I've done it twice. I've done it in the Canada Cup uh, where uh, it was created by Al Eagleson to have a competition among the best. But it just goes back to what it means to all of us, uh, to the players, say the NHLers. I mean, there, it's one thing for me to represent the New York Rangers, but to represent your country and, and that logo, like the name in the back and your number means nothing. It's all about the front. And you have a whole country cheering for you. And uh, and so I've done it twice. But the Olympic experience, that's a whole separate thing. Because I spoke to uh, Michael Ruzioni this morning, who's become a good friend. Do you believe uh, in miracles? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, as you know, after they won the gold medal, they all ended up in New York. Coach Herb Brooks, uh, Dave Silk. Mark Pavlich, who was my centerman. Mike Ruzioni came to training camp. He didn't make the team, but I got to know all those guys, and I got to play with them. Rob McClanahan. Uh, So I got to see the effects of it afterwards, after they had just finished winning. There's nothing like it. You get so much out of it. And In fact, I scored 40 goals after having done it. I come back to the New York Rangers. I was full of confidence and feeling like I, I competed with some of the best uh, when I look at that team in Canada Cup in 80, 81, most of those guys ended up in the Hall of Fame. So it means a lot to me. I look forward to it. The thing is, hockey's hockey. Guys are going to compete. They're going to do their best. And you're going to have to forget about the names. We're, gonna need, we're not going to see Sidney Crosby out there. It's just country against country. And I'm, I'm personally going to look forward to watching it. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even – do you bet – can you bet on the, on the Olympics? Is that a thing? Uh, one like, guy would you know, know like it'd live be betting. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Jake, aren't you a Jake betting guy? Know. I'm not that low of a degenerate. That is a risky play betting on. That's like betting on preseason football. Well, that's you what I'm saying. Like, if I'm gonna give uh, betting advice, which I don't, you put your money on the on Russia. You know, the the homegrown KHL players. They're bad. I mean, one thing even before the NHL pulled out, I'm pretty sure they stuck China in the. First group with Canada, USA. What, what were they thinking there? <laughs> Just that would have been a disaster for China. I mean, I'm sure they're happy. It's probably a little bit more of an even playing field now. Hockey's hockey reminds me of the quote that you got from Chris Kreider this week. We're we're a little sick and tired, a little sick and tired of yeah, being sick and tired. <laughs> uh, that's like a, a Green Day lyric or like uh, something Lincoln Park. It sounds like. All right, let's go to our questions now from the Post Sports Plus mailbag before we're joined by Lynn. Linda Cohn, starting off with Keith Baron, wants to know if Vitaly Kravtsov, who, by the way, it is his 22nd birthday. Happy 22nd birthday to him. Happy 62nd or 66th birthday to my mother, Mama Brown. Oh, December happy 23rd. birthday, Mama Brown. Happy birthday to you, Mom. Yeah, she doesn't look a day over 40. Keith Baron wants to know if Vitaly Kravtsov will be available this season or is he gone until next year? I guess for you, Molly. I think he's gone altogether. I think <laughs> I don't think he's coming back to the New York Rangers. And I <laughs> judge it. I, you know, I like to tweet out when it's someone's birthday on the Rangers. And I, I did that today. And uh, the response, 
from Rangers fans was not very kind. People were not wishing Vitaly Krasov a happy birthday. <laughs> I can report that. So I don't really think the Ranger fans want him back either. But I, from what I've heard, from what I've gathered just of the relationship, I would be pretty surprised if he ever came back. I don't think that obviously they, they didn't end on good terms. And I think he wants to stay in the KHL for the rest of the season. And I think that a trade will probably happen before he can get back on the ice with the Rangers. No Festivus for the yeah, rest of sorry, us. Sorry, that wasn't uh, a very jingle, jingle jangle. <laughs> none, none of that here for that. Sorry. All right, Ron, we'll give the next one to you. Jen Levine asked, do you think Chris Kreider would have been named to the Olympic team if the games had actually gone on? If a World Cup is played, do you think he is named? Well, yeah, if you look at his body of work, especially this year, absolutely. He's because uh, the Olympic Games are played on Olympic ice and speed kills. And if you can play hard, fast, and it's, you know, Olympic Games normally are not a physical competition. But if you got a guy like Chris Kreider, who's a power forward, can score goals, playing with a lot of confidence right now, absolutely. He would absolutely be on the team. To the World Cup comment, I would be curious to see if that's something the NHL actually entertains because with how complicated it is to actually schedule an Olympic break and everything like that, people are like, oh, well, why don't they just put on their own World Cup tournament, which I think would be really cool. But the amount of people that are like, oh, let's just do that now during the two-week break, and it's like, do you know how long it takes to put on something like that like I don't that's not something you could just whip up and throw together especially like a country world tournament I yeah but maybe in the future and I think that's something the NHL should definitely consider Richard Ramsey is wondering what will post Christmas break schedule look like is the NHL committed to a full season if the COVID situation settles down as of right now that's that's the plan that is 100 what they want to do that is why they pulled out of the olympics they need that two-week break to reschedule games there are they had they've postponed 50 games in total so far this season 45 of which came in the last eight days i'm pretty sure something like that so they have a ton of new games that they need to plug in somewhere in the schedule and I think something that they've thrown thrown around, or at least coaches have thrown around in, in public appearances, maybe extending the season a week or so, because they need to get all these games in before the playoffs. So that's that's their goal. That's why they pulled out of the Olympics. So that's you know the only thing that could get in the way of that is just a continued surge and just having more teams that are in the place of the Islanders where they are putting out an AHL level squad. So it all depends on, on the outside climate, but that is the ultimate goal and, and why they ultimately pulled out of the Olympics. All right, Ron. Anthony Newman asks, when do you think Morgan Barron will get called up and actually get a legitimate chance to stick around and prove himself? You know, if the team was losing, then there's opportunities. But when a team is winning, and for the most case, most players are playing well. And so unless there's an injury, he just has to sit back and just kind of wait. But that's what's nice about winning. When you're winning, you don't want to change a whole lot. All right. Next question comes from Paul Palmer. Says, when you had Mess on the show, that's right, go back and listen to Mark Messier on the Up in the Blue Seats podcast. He said the front office should wait 40 games to make a determination on what they need to help make the team better. That puts us around mid-January. Do you see Drury making a move or two before the All-Star break to bolster the club? Or is around the March 21st trade deadline the more likely time for him to pull the trigger on some deals? I think Messier was right in his evaluation that 
Chris Jury was going to wait a good portion of the season to identify what the team needed and such like that. So I think that it, it, like Ron said, it really could come about at any time, but I, yeah, I would expect it to either happen a little bit later January or right before the trade deadline, I think will probably be uh, when he decides to, to pull the trigger. If, if something arises at that time. All right. William Gilbert and Don Benson, a joint question want to know if Georgiev should get more starts considering he's shown that he needs regular work to be effective. So how should the goalie workload be divided going forward? Well, I agree that we've seen him play better once he got in a rhythm. That will always be the case no matter what position you're playing, whether you're a defenseman or a forward. The more reps you get, the better you're going to get. And if you happen to get some a good feel in your game, stop in the puck, you will get better. Uh, final question here from our Post Sports Plus members. John Romano asked, is Nemus veteran presence reason enough to keep playing him when his play so far can only be described as mediocre at best? I don't think they have another choice. And I know that everybody wants to say, oh, just put Zach Jones and Nils Lundqvist as a third defensive pairing. That, I think, would be a disaster. <laughs> like that, I don't think that that would be effective at all. Just their experience level, they're too similar styles of play they're both finesse you know scoring type players I know that Nemeth isn't exactly the most reliable defenseman but he just yes he he does have a veteran presence on the back end he doesn't make the rookie sort of mistakes that players like Nils Lundqvist do Keandre Miller so he is even though he has had a, a more than a couple rough games he's still effective and more effective than I think a young third defensive pair would be. And he's also somebody that I think that those that a Nils Lundqvist type player needs to have on the other side of him to feel comfortable, to feel like it's not all on them, to feel like they have somebody who's watching their back and, and who would be able to, you know, help in, in case of a mistake and something like that. That being said, Nemeth is not the most ideal veteran presence to be anchoring that third defensive pair and, and like ron said before we they need they need another defenseman all right joining us next and up in the blue seats podcast is espn's linda cone i gotta tell you i make it hot and spicy on to the guest portion of our show you've definitely seen her on espn sports center heard her on sirius xm and everything in between Please welcome Linda Cohn. Linda, how are you? Thanks so much for joining our show. Great to talk with you, Molly and Ron. Always awesome. Um, thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Well, I mean, first things first, obviously the NHL's holiday recess began a little sooner than anticipated because of surging COVID cases around the league that have shut down a handful of teams. And now they've officially pulled out of the Beijing Olympics as well. I was just wondering what your thoughts were on how the NHL handled the whole situation. I know I thought there should have been some more consistency with how they managed each team's outbreak, but what did you think? So the Olympics, I've been pushing for that for weeks and weeks and weeks, especially when I found out about this potential five-week quarantine in Beijing. So players, I don't have to tell Ron about this, you know, they're on schedules and they like to have some kind of control 
they would have no control if they were stuck in a hotel room. And that would have been the best case in Beijing if they tested positive for COVID. As much as these players trained and hoped to be a part of the Olympics, it just wasn't going to be. And once they read the fine print, so to speak, once the Players Association got them that information a week and a half ago, well, then you notice that, oh, wait, there's some serious possibility that uh, the players will back out of this. The Players Association will agree with the NHL, and it's the NHL who had that option in the contract, in that agreement, so that NHL players could go to the Olympics if they wanted, that if for some reason that the season was in jeopardy or something, you know, if they concluded with all the postponements that they needed that three weeks to complete a regular season so these players can get paid, oh, by the way, as well, and then they can step in. And that's exactly what happened. So I was not surprised. I'm very happy that is happening, that they're not going to the Olympics, I think. And kudos to Robin Leonard, who was the first to do it on his own before any of this happened, the Vegas Golden Knights goaltender and former Islander netminder, of course. The other part of the thing, the way the NHL handled it, I know Islander fans are upset. Oh, you know, you know, we had to play games with, you know, whatever. I think the NHL and the decision makers in the league had to learn on the fly. And they weren't, as the season moved on and there was more spreading and more players are testing positive, they realized that, wait a minute, we're not going to wait till there are a double-digit number of players in uh, testing positive for COVID or in protocol. We're going to do it when there are five players, six players. Because they were still learning about it. And, oh, by the way, Molly and Ron, they're still learning. I mean, we hope the season resumes when it's supposed to on December 27th. And my fingers are crossed. And I believe it should. But it's not up to us now, is it? Yeah, you're 100% right. You also have you have your ESPN Plus in the crease podcast. And you've had some fun players on recently. I saw you had Duck Center Trevor Zegras right after his insane goal. And then you had Rangers defenseman Jacob Truba on the other day. With Truba, I'm just curious, what was, you think, the most important thing or most notable thing that came out of that conversation? You know, um, thanks for asking. There were so many things there. First of all, I don't have to tell Ranger fans this, but, you know, when Jacob Truba became a Ranger and then seeing performance before this year, there are many Ranger fans who were disappointed, thinking, is he all what he was supposed to be, still waiting for him to break out? Well, anyone who's been watching the Rangers play this year, and I expect everyone who listens to this podcast, realizes, oh, yeah, that's the Jacob Truba we knew we were getting and signed. And I asked Jacob Truba about that, and I brought up the fact that a lot of Ranger fans just weren't all in on him uh, the first couple of years. And he said, you know what? He said, for the first time this year, I have felt the most comfortable being in New York, being a New York Ranger. It has taken him this long, his words, to be comfortable as a New York Ranger, to live in New York. And he expl- and I thought that was amazing to me. You know, he's so honest. And, and, and he said basically because, you know, when they first got there, it was just a big change from, a, you know, playing in a place called Winnipeg, as we all know, a little different than New York making that adjustment, and then COVID hit, and that was weird. But he also said he not only feels comfortable with New York and going out, you know, with his wife and enjoying the Big Apple, which was funny, you know, he says, well, everyone's staying home. He said he and his wife went out to dinner at all these great restaurants outside and went to Broadway Plays once it reopened, really enjoying New York for the first time this year. But he says he's also enjoying all levels of the organization for the first time. He mentioned teammates coaches, staff members, everything. 
And I asked him about, is Gerard Gallant, is he in that mix? Is that the reason why he's having, Jacob Trouba, having such a great season? And he said, definitely, that's a part of it. The way, you know, Turk is his nickname, the head coach, Gallant, who I love. I thought it was such a great hire by the Rangers. That Gallant lets them make mistakes, gives them the, the long leash, and doesn't immediately say, all right, I'm going to put you in timeout and put you in the corner, put you on the bench. He lets these players work things out. And that was, to me, the most, the biggest takeaway regarding what Jacob Trouba said. I just want to throw in one other thing that I thought was interesting, guys. I asked him about why is there no captain? Because yeah, obviously the team made headlines by not picking a captain in the offseason. I've been promoting on the In the Crease podcast that either he or Kreider should be the captain. He told me, he said, Linda, you know, there's a group of players here. If something's not right, we sit down, we talk about it. We have a group of leaders. I'm one of them, meaning Jacob Truba. And, you know, we figure it out. But they talk a lot if something comes up. And he, nece- he doesn't necessarily believe a team needs to have one guy. I thought that was interesting, too. Linda, you kind of answered the question I was going to ask you, uh, your thoughts on Gerard Gallant going into this season. And when I think about Truba, when I, when I see this player that's different this year, I think a lot of it has to do with the makeup of his teammates because Jury decided this team needed to toughen up. And so they brought in those players like Ryan Raves to allow guys like Truba to be a little more forceful, be more physical, be more noticeable, uh, because you need backup. Because we're seeing it now. He's out there, big hits, and then he's having to defend himself. So I think he likes the fact that he's going to have guys who have his back. With Gerard Gallant, he's the type of guy that expects it out of Truba. You're a big, strong guy. We need you to play a certain way. So with what you're seeing with the Rangers right now, would you say a lot of it has to do what you thought you were going to see with Coach Gallant? Yeah, it's a great point, Ron. And that's one of the things that Truba brought up with me in the podcast is the fact that he's always been a physical player. Maybe we didn't see it in those first two years because, as I mentioned, he's now coming to into his own. And that has a lot to do with Gallant. And I, Gallant, basically, you know the message was sent, watched him in Winnipeg. And Truba said, he goes, I'm now playing like me, like I've always played. And it's fascinating. And yes, because the makeup of the team, thank goodness, was changed to a more physical, heavy team by the great additions that the Rangers made in the offseason with certain players. And plus the existing players are allowed to be physical. And, you know, isn't it refreshing? Well, I want to circle back to the Olympics. We're going to assume that Canada and United States are going to put a team together. It's not going to be anything that we think that is going to be a favorite. The Russians will probably be favorites because they have a bunch of players out of the KHL team. And I spoke to Mike Ruzioni this morning, and he said, we'll never see Miracle on Ice again. But is it uh, something that think that potentially with the weakness of the Canadian players and Americans – could we see something like a surprise? Which is this? Are you going to have a level of excitement wanting to watch whomever's on the ice? My level of excitement for something like that, if that does happen, is zero to ten percent. I don't understand why would these players, whoever they put together, if this indeed happens, Ron and Molly, why would they want to risk what I just said at the top of this podcast of like testing positive for COVID and then having to quarantine for a month? in a hotel room or someplace even worse in Beijing, why would they even risk it? What is the upside? I mean, right to pad and paper and pen and pros and cons. What are you going to do? Like 
play well and then get an opportunity to play in the NHL after everyone had poo-pooed you, not even, uh, you know, in a day where players are going in and out of COVID protocols where they haven't called on you earlier and you're going to go to the Olympics in Beijing and potentially win a gold medal for the USA or Canada. And then suddenly a switch is going to go on and the GMs in the NHL and say, I don't know how I overlooked this person. Let's bring this person on the team. I don't see it. It won't be, obviously won't be the same. I agree with the great Mike Ruzioni. There'll never be another miracle on ice, but I'm not interested. Maybe I'll peek in and grab a headline, see who won what. I'm not sitting there rooting for whoever these guys are. And with all due respect to these guys, I just, I, as a hockey fan first, no thanks. Let's just skip the Olympics this year. Sorry, this is the world we all have to live in. Linda, it's Jake here. Great to have you on. You know, we've had you on all the shows, my own show, the Giants show, the Rangers show. Do you still rep New York out there? Have you gone Hollywood on us, Linda? Or do you still rep the Rangers, the Mets, and your Giants out there in uh, L.A.? So listen, Giants I'd never talk about. I'm still uh, not over the Eli Manning retirement and Daniel Jones coming into the picture. And now this is going to play out just as I pictured it in the first year Daniel Jones took over. So with all due respect to the players, maybe the handful that are still trying hard on the Giants when they take the field. I just don't talk about them. I, like, change the subject immediately. Everything that's going on in that organization is tough. But I do rep New York. I'll always be New York. People who know me know how loyal I am to the Rangers and, of course, the Mets, who, uh, thank God, received Cohen with an E. He's spending every uh, dollar in his wallet, and now the pressure is on the Mets. I'm very excited about having the players they're going to have. That's if we have a baseball season, by the way. So to answer your question, of course, the Hollywood thing, uh, when it comes to sports teams, it's never the same. Nothing is the same as the sports fan, the professional sports team in New York. It's a different animal, and it's one that I always will be addicted to. Linda, you were born on Long Island, right? I was actually born in Manhattan, but my parents moved us all to Long Island when I was eight years old seven or eight years old. Okay, so you grew up there. Yeah, I, I, and I was, you know, something that people don't know. I actually, the first hockey game I ever uh, watched or listened to was on the radio when it was the Islanders, kid. And I actually liked the Islanders because, I don't know, the radio, you know, that was back back in the day and I they weren't on cable TV and I was from Long Island. But I only listened to them for a year because uh, when we first got MSG, when I think MSG first started, my dad got his big Ranger fan, and the Rangers were in the playoffs in the 70s, and, you know, I locked in, and that was it. I was like, no, no turning back. I was all Rangers all the time after that one year listening to the Islanders on the radio. <laughs> I'm sure our listeners will love that, but I feel obligated to ask you about the Long Island homegrown player on the Rangers, Adam Fox. Just as someone who covers the whole league, what what have you made of him? Yeah, he was a guest on our podcast when we uh, back in September when Emily Kaplan and I were in Chicago for the NHL Media Days, and we got Adam Fox on there, and we were talking Long Island. I mean, I, he's a blessing. He's a gift from, uh, from above, I mean, for the Rangers organization and their fans. I mean, not only, as we know, he's the reigning North Trophy winner, and in the conversation to win it again, of course, wouldn't be surprised if he's a finalist when at the end of this regular season. Uh, but he's just a great human. He's a great leader. He's another guy that could be the young. If there weren't so many great leaders on this team, as I had mentioned earlier, you know, Adam Fox should be the captain if they pick the captain. I mean, the guy has just has those 
qualities and he's just so smooth and you know, I know he's not getting as much pub and love as maybe other young defensemen. Like, it looks like they want to hand Kale McCarr the Norris Trophy this year, even though the Rangers are having a better season as we speak than the Avalanche. And that's fine. You know, I get it. Kale McCarr is also great. But this is great. Adam Fox, amazing. I'm so glad they signed him forever. He's going to be a Ranger for the, his entire career. So you can tell I'm a big fan. And, yes, the icing on the cake, he's from Long Island. He just gets it. Yeah, I actually bought my mom a uh, Adam Fox jersey for Hanukkah, so she she was very excited about that one. <laughs> He's a fellow member of the Jewish community, so there yes, you go. exactly. I mean, come on, we get on board. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Linda. This was great, and we'll have to have you on again soon. Yeah, thanks so much. So great to talk with you. Standing ovation. All righty, guys. Molly's joining us on this close here as her favorite part of the show. That wraps up episode 69, the nice edition of Up in the Blue Seats, our Rangers podcast from the New York Post. And thank you, Jake and Andrew Hart, for producing this show. And I have an issue with Molly. She discussed talking with Linda Cohn that she bought her mother a jersey and it's not a Ron Duguay jersey. Molly, what's up with that? <laughs> Well, yeah, Ron, I um, I hate to tell you, you've been replaced a little bit. I mean, Adam Fox, reigning Norris Trophy winner, just signed for a boatload of years. It was it was the way to go, and it was the only uh, Hanukkah gift that my mom wanted. So I, I hate to tell you, but I had to do it. Okay, well, this is what we need to do. Does she know that she got the gift already? Does she know? Yes. She does. Okay. Well, I'm going to want to speak to her. Okay. okay. <laughs> we can arrange that. I'm sure she'd yeah. love that. Ron, why don't you, you have any extra Duguay jerseys? Why don't you just mail one of your extra jerseys? Yeah. Molly's why don't mom? you just take the initiative, Ron? Yeah. And just, <laughs> and deliver it myself. Oh yeah. That would be ideal. <laughs> A bottle of tequila and a Duguay number 10 jersey. <laughs> yeah. Hand delivered to Mrs. Walker. Ron, do you have any more secret missions planned for Christmas? I don't. I'm at home. I'm home for a couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to Christmas Day and then uh, New Year's Eve celebration. I might even see Molly in Tampa because the Rangers are playing mm-hmm. New Year's Eve in Tampa. So it's only a three-hour ride for me from home here. So uh, Molly and I may have a toast together. We're going to paint the town, Tampa town red. Woo! <laughs> Maybe you guys do the show from the same room or something next with week. a couple we're of cocktails in us. <laughs> yeah, cocktails. We'll do it at night. Maybe poolside because uh, that's where you'll find yes. me the day before the Florida game. That's for sure. <laughs> Ron, can we make this happen? Can you guys join forces? Oh, you're making me blush. We'll find something fun. Of course, my good friend Phil Esposito is in Tampa, and Mike Keenan is who's a friend of the show who's planning to be there. So this could be a party. A ranger party. Molly, make sure you have a video camera. You, Phil Esposito, Mike Keenan, and Ron Duguay partying up for the Celebrate 2022. It's going to be a scene, I can imagine. All right. Well, uh, Molly, I hope you enjoy your Chinese food and movies. Amen. You too. Uh, I will be inside as I am deathly ill. Make sure you do us a favor. Give us a five-star rating. Write a nice review on Apple Podcasts. You can also now, you're a Spotify user. They have a new rating system. So give us a five-star rating on Spotify. For number 10, Ron Duguay. Molly Walker, Andrew Hartz. I'm Jake Brown. We will return next Thursday. Maybe they'll be joined together in Florida. So stay tuned for that. Thanks for supporting up in the blue seats and hope you all have a Merry Christmas. Hot.